Welcome to the Turning Point Show, where we pull back the curtain on high-performance individuals. Here's your host, Andrew O'Malley. So I'm delighted to have online fitness entrepreneur and writer Mike Vacanti on the podcast today. I was first introduced to Mike's content through uh, Gary Vaynerchuk when Mike was the personal trainer for Gary and ever since then I religiously followed his YouTube channel on a daily basis, uh, watching his videos, he pumps out daily, daily blogs and uh, different types of content. As well as being a quality fitness coach, he has a great outlook on life and he implants a lot, a lot of different systems to get things done on a daily basis. So I'm delighted to have Mike on the podcast today. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Thank you. I'm really excited, man. So uh, I, was just, I was just Snapchatting you too, by the way. Oh, oh shit! I'll check that later. And it'll be, it'll be funny. <laughs> um, so I suppose starting off, if you want to give people a brief background about yourself, I suppose uh, I know you're in accountancy for a couple of years, and you decided to leave that and go into the fitness industry. I suppose you want to talk about the process of leaving your job and how you got involved in the fitness industry and how you got started working with Gary and why you decided to leave. If you want to give give uh, listeners a brief background about that. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so I did, I got uh, an accounting degree because I knew I had an interest in business. I knew I liked business. My dad did business. It was like a respected profession. I was in university and, you know, you're, you're forced by year two to pick a major. And so I did. I Accounting safe. Uh, it's secure. There's good money there. It's all, There's always jobs. And so I took it for those reasons. And I was, I was pretty good at it. I did well in my accounting classes. Um, Fast forward, graduated, got a job at a, a big four accounting firm and worked as an auditor for two years. And I, I just, <laughs> I hated every day. Like I just knew it wasn't right for me. I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And pretty early on, I started staging what would be me quitting um, by like grinding on the side, um, saving up as much money as I could, spending as little as possible because I knew I would need savings if I wanted to take a shot at something. Fitness, fitness since I was 13 and got cut from the Bantam hockey team and, and like the embarrassment and the grind to come back and like not being very good at sports but use weightlifting and plyometrics and just getting myself in better shape so that I could succeed at that sport through high school – that was my introduction to fitness. Um, all through high school and college, it was the thing I liked most, right? Like people talk about find your passion. What's your passion? It's the thing that if you didn't have, if you didn't get paid, you would still do it anyway. That's strength training. That's talking about nutrition with people. Like that's it. It's just what I like the most. And so I quit my accounting job and pretty soon after started a blog and started training clients in person. And, uh, and pretty soon after, um, after that, I was introduced to Gary Vaynerchuk through his previous personal trainer, John Romanello, who, uh, who I interned for, who was a mentor of mine, who was like massively helpful in my development. Um, like Roman really put me on to the fitness scene and, uh, he introduced me to Gary V and, uh, yes, I, I trained Gary for two years um, he pitched me on this, like, be the CEO of my body, train me every single day, go on my family vacations, bring lunch to me at the office. Like when we were in hardcore fat loss phases, I would go to the restaurant. He would, he would have like, like a seven o'clock dinner meeting an eight 30 dinner meeting a 10 30 dinner meeting. And, and I would like just be chilling. So I'd get myself food and I'd work on my laptop, but making sure he's staying on point. Hey, just salad course one, 
hey, okay, yes, you can get a steak here or like we need to do like fish today, but basically keeping him dialed in. And um, yeah, it was a two-year deal and that that ran up at the beginning of July. And uh, so for the last six, seven months, um, I've just been like through the process of working with him, my online business continued to grow and get in shape and like learn about fitness because there's so much BS in the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, for free, just trying to pump out as much good stuff as I can. Oh, um, I suppose you're probably sick of getting this question asked, but uh, what were the, the key lessons you learned from Gary from either being around him or directly, like the kind of advice directly that he, he gave you and probably what you picked up by osmosis or just being around him? What were the few key lessons you, you learned from him? I mean, there are so many. And like, he was unbelievably impactful and just a good dude. Like, like people see it and they see the hustle and they see him on stage and they're like, he's so cool. But people don't understand that he's, he's just like a good guy too. Mm. Like good to hang out with a good person. Um, I wrote a blog post called the 12 or 14 things I learned following Gary Vaynerchuk around for two years. I think the title is more eloquent than that, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that details it. Um, I'm trying to think of the biggest ones. Like the, the, his work ethic is one, but I feel like his daily vlog has outlined that to the point where I don't need to belabor that point. Um, abandoning perfectionistic tendencies and getting in the habit of just doing without needing content or needing like any action to be perfect is something that rubbed off on me a lot. Uh, being honest with myself as far as like, am I actually working hard or am I BSing? Am I like opening new tabs? Um, do I have Microsoft Word open and I'm writing, but really I have my phone too. And I'm like doing stuff on Instagram. Like that, that's a big one. Um, yeah, they're, they're just countless. There's lines. too many, yeah, probably lists. I suppose uh, everyone will have to check out that blog post with the, the 14 biggest lessons you learned. Um, I suppose you touched upon it there. You talk a lot in your, your vlogs on YouTube about dealing with procrastination and when you kind of make excuses for yourself. I know, I think everyone makes excuses for themselves, like to justify whether it's not to do a workout or to eat this chocolate bar or whatever it may be. How do you help combat procrastination yourself in your own life and stay disciplined and on track to, to reach your goals? Yeah, that's a good question because I'm by no means an expert at this. Um, what, one like small thing that I find first, I think that planning is often a form of procrastination. If I find myself in a, all right, here's going to be my schedule for the next year on Mondays, I'm going to do this at this time on Tuesdays, I'm going to do this. And like trying to lay everything out normal. I'm not, I know I'm not going to stick to it. And so uh, that's like a way of not doing the work for me. What works best from a planning point of view is the night before look at my next day. Okay, here are my obligations at this time and this time I'm doing this and this. But during these chunks of free time, what do I want to get done? I'm going to get my inbox to zero here. I'm going to write a thousand words here. Um, I'm going to do and like laying that out and being super realistic, right? Um, if I know I'm not going to get good sleep, if I have a tough workout the next morning, whatever it is, like really laying out what I'm doing the next day and then taking it one day on that. Um, if I have to design five training programs and that's an overwhelming feeling for me and I'm laying in bed with my phone up with Netflix on and I'm like I can't get myself to do it because I know this is going to be so much work 
don't jump from Netflix to the difficult task. Jump from Netflix to I'm going to I'm going to do the dishes quick and then maybe I'll do a load of laundry. Like maybe I'll, I'll any action because we think that we can like trick ourselves into, into being in a motivated state when really starting to do something brings on. You follow what like Gary talks about a lot of the document, not create, like you said, of course you, you don't have the procrastination. It's something you struggle with as well. Like, so I suppose it's, it's always interesting seeing a, kind of when you try different things and you pick up what works and what doesn't work and you know you can implement that into your own life um one of like the big the big things i've gotten from yourself is the concept of reverse bets and you know using that as a form of goal setting so i suppose a lot of people i i'd never heard of well i, I probably sort of heard of reverse bet but uh, i think you put it put it well and kind of very clear and concise if you want to explain to people what exactly reverse bet is and how you use that to uh, like it, try and achieve your goals. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a neg. It's sending a negative outcome if you don't execute a specific task or set of tasks. So when I was 18 years old and I couldn't get abs, I couldn't like basically I couldn't stop eating dessert food. I would binge and restrict. Was the cycle I was in. So um, to combat that, I told my mom. Mom, for the next three months, January, February, March, I'm going to give you $100 if I eat any dessert food. Now, now knowing what I know, I wouldn't have gone cold turkey on it. I would have had like a more balanced approach. But that's what I needed to do. $100 meant a lot to me at the time. And so I went three months without eating dessert food. Um, I got like lean enough. I had abs showing through. And, uh, and that concept is something I've carried forward into work, like s- setting up negative outcome. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, American football, like I, he is the antithesis of the team that I root for. And so I made a reverse bet. I'm going to give him all this money. I wrote a check out to him, gave it to my roommate. I was like, make sure this gets cashed. Like if he doesn't cash it, give it to a charity. I don't care. But like the idea was if I don't execute on this set of tasks, this dude who I don't like is getting all this money. And the tasks were for the next 11 weeks, I'm going to hit a blog post today. I'm going to do daily Instagram posts. I'm going to do daily YouTube. And I, I outlined like this content schedule and I executed against it for 11 weeks. Um, so a reverse bet is a way to force your future self to do something that when you're tired and when you're feeling lazy and when you're feeling down, you're probably not going to want to do, but you know you should do. So locking yourself into that behavior. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Something that's really like it was one of the reasons I like, kickstarted the podcast. Now was you mentioned one of your videos. Uh, you challenged people to do reverse, but or just challenged people to. You said, "Oh, uh, if you do fifty podcasts, you know, use that as a reverse bet." And that's something I've done. So twenty seventeen, get fifty podcasts out. So a bit behind okay. now. <laughs> I've got I've got two recorded now. Just waiting. Uh, just uh, have to finish the trailer off for one of them. I'll be uploading them, but uh, I have to, a bit of catch up nice. work there to do. But. That's bro, you, and guess what? You got eleven months left, so you got plenty of time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, that's 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 the way you're looking at it now. Excellent. I suppose one thing probably that might have held me back in the beginning of maybe doing a podcast or putting myself out there in different ways was uh, probably having a fear of you know what other people think, like a fear of putting out the content. So, how did did you have any of that fear in the beginning, and uh, how did you overcome it? I overcame it by understanding. So the place where it applied the most was um, 
I, I often find myself in situations where I see things differently than I feel like the rest of the world sees things. And when I do, I get very, I get very confused and I struggle to act on my intuition because all of societal pressure is going the opposite direction. One of the, one of these instances was when I was working the accounting job. It was a good job. It was a safe job. It was a well-paying job. It was a respected job. And I just like, I literally would go to work and think if this is what I do for the rest of my life, like I'm going to look back and know that I screwed up. Like I, I wasted this one opportunity doing something that I don't like doing because I felt like I was supposed to be doing it. Um, and I talk like I talked to people and I was like, am I crazy that I'm thinking I want to quit this job and the feedback I was getting. And clearly if I was first, this was like 2010, so entrepreneurship wasn't as trendy as it is right now. But the feedback I was getting was like, you're nuts, man. Like, yeah, like this is, you're making good money. Like it's a good gig. Keep doing this. You can work your way up. You can become a senior and then a manager. You can be a partner. It's a, it's a great gateway into other jobs. Like no one likes their first job. And, and so I stopped telling people that I wanted to quit because no one, you know, everyone was just like, you're nuts. What are you going to do? What if the economy crashes? Like, bro, get a grip. Um, yeah, the, uh, so that's a roundabout way of not answering your question at all. How do I care <laughs> about what other people think? Like, I don't tell people my goals most of the time. I keep it internal and, uh, I just realize that I'm operating under the assumption that this is it and this is life and I don't want to have regrets. And so, um, I can either respect myself or, or like do things to garner the approval of others. And I'm just trying like, and I'm still trying every day to, to, press that like like am i gonna like do i respect myself for this action that i'm taking is a question i ask myself a lot yeah i suppose maybe uh, a lot of these people and um, it's probably a reflection of themselves how you know they're not doing probably what they love like the people who said oh you're crazy quitting your job is probably they're too afraid to do it themselves and they you know it was kind of just a reflection of how they're feeling on yourself but you know it's uh, it's very interesting what you had to say there I suppose another thing you do is I know you talked about uh, doing the unscalable in your business. So doing things that necessarily, you know, like an outsider looking in, you'd be, you'd be saying, oh, why is Mike? I know one instance for your email list, you, was he, you asked the question, how are you to you send out an email to everyone? And you go, oh, really, how are you? And normally nobody replied to just like if, if I got an email newsletter and someone asked me a question, I wouldn't reply to it normally. But the way you like construct it, that you went deep with them and you know you got all those replies and i know you talked about gary when he writes a new book he um specifically to each person like it's it's not a uh, efficient use of his time but he individually writes a specific tailored message to that in individual talks about it. he's got a new book coming out uh, i'd love if you could buy x amount of copies or whatever so uh, what is your thoughts on doing the unscalable in business It is a, it is an approach that almost nobody takes. Um, it is an approach that is not necessary. So like to play, so I do it, but to play devil's advocate, like know a lot of people that built super successful businesses without taking that approach, but it's like, it, it's back to talent and hard work. You can't control how much talent you have at something, but you can control how hard you work. The unscalable magic 
of growing a business in 2017 via like Kevin Kelly, 1000 true fans kind of theory. Um, it just, if you want it, you can get it by going that route because we all have the same amount of time. And so if you don't have an audience yet, but you just have maybe a couple people that are paying attention to you, giving as much value as you can to those three people. And when those three become 12, each of those people might get a little less, but you're still giving each of them more than anyone else is giving them on the subject matter of your profession. And when it's 100, trying to help the 100 as much as you possibly can. Two years ago, I wrote my email list on Christmas, like a Merry Christmas. I'm going to do your macros for free. Hit reply. At the time, my list was only like, 2,400 people, but 800 people replied to that email. And so I literally spent, I, I was actually with Gary in, uh, <laughs> cause like I did Christmas with my family before. And then I went down, he was down in Mexico. And so I trained him in the morning and then I spent the next 16 hours replying to emails and then like the, the rest of my trip too. But like that, and I didn't say, Hey, I have coaching spots available. I didn't say like, Hey, buy my this. I didn't say, uh, now go follow me on every social media platform. You were only following me here on my email list. I just tried to help them, but it resulted in, oh, hey, by the way, are you taking on online coaching clients? It resulted in, oh, you really actually spent like seven minutes talking to me and figuring this out and helping me. I am going to follow you everywhere else. Like, it's just, it's where the magic is. It's where if you want to grow a business and time is your asset, then it's, it's a guaranteed, almost a guaranteed way to do it. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely reflected in the type of audience you have. Probably like uh, you'd look through your YouTube videos and you'd be rare to even have one dislike on a lot of videos, which is probably unheard of in the fitness industry because there's all. That's because I don't do I don't do steroids. I don't lie. I don't <laughs> supplements that don't work. Like it's easy not to get hated on, but so many people in the fitness industry just do all the wrong shit. True. True. Wrong, <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, uh, I know. Sorry, but, I, cut, I cut you. Up. No, you're you're on it. Cut cut me across as much as you want. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I think though, like even just looking at the comment section, like it's always a very positive kind of environment, and I think that's that's a reflection of kind of that type of approach you take about doing the unscalables and you know connecting with people on a on a deeper kind of on a deeper basis. So um, moving on a bit, um, I know. So you recently probably, I don't know, what was it a few months ago, six months ago, you started training your father, kind of helping him make a life change. And you talked about the importance of having tough conversations with people. So uh, maybe if you want to just tell people uh, just a bit brief background about that and what, why it's important uh, not to bottle these things up. And even if you're afraid or you, you don't want to have these conversations, why it's important to, to actually go through with them. Yeah, yeah. You did your homework. This is a good podcast. You're asking good questions. Make sure I make sure I blast this out to my people because I want people to hear this. Um, my dad. Uh, so what happened was post Gary, I I was in this I was in this weird like flux zone where I had this project every single day. I was training this dude every single day. My goal is to get him in better shape. Alongside that, I was trying to grow my business. Um, but when that was over, I was kind of like thrown out of my routine. I don't have to be in New York right now. I could be anywhere in the world. Um, so I traveled a little. I spent a weekend in Las Vegas with some friends. Um, and I went back to Minnesota and hung out with family for a few days. And then I was going to go to Los Angeles. And I was sitting in a coffee shop, Caribou, on Old Shakopee Road next to, like, by the high school where I grew up in kind of like a surreal late summer moment. School's about to start. and uh, And I was just thinking and, like, 
my dad was an athlete. He was a division one college athlete. He like was right on the cusp of playing pro. He, he like bounced around a little bit his first year in the NHL as a goalie and, uh, and like made it right there, but didn't make it make it. So he's an athlete on the inside. But from the age of 24 on, he never lifted a weight. Like he did, he did a little cardio in stints, and there was like a couple times where he lost some weight. But six foot, 235, and just not really much lean muscle or strength, big belly, and okay now. Like in fine, like 55 years old, not at risk of dying tomorrow. But if you keep eating like you eat, and not doing anything, you're like you're dead. You're we're hacking time off the back end of your life. And so I'm sitting here, like thinking about booking my trip to Los Angeles, and I was like, this, and and not to sound, I don't know. I feel like I'm being self glorifying right now, but but really, like this guy who gave everything and raised me and was like the best dude ever to me. Um, I just felt like it was an opportunity where my skill set overlapped with something he needed, and we don't like, you know. I have an amazing family, but, but tough conversations are, are tough and not always initiated. And so it was hard for me to be like, Hey, let's go on a walk. And he's like, we're going on a walk. Like, why are we going on? <laughs> like, okay, something's going, did you get a girl pregnant? Like, what's up? <laughs> and we start walking and, uh, and I was like, look, like if we, if we continue the way that we're continuing with life, you're just not going to be around in the long term. And I like, I teared up and like, I pitched him this idea. I was like, I'm going to be back in Minnesota. Vikings are going to be sick this year and like, and like I'll hang out for three or four months and I want to get you back into shape. I want to work you out. Like I did Gary, how, however much you need it, three, four days a week of weightlifting, dial in nutrition, but like I'm your guy. And, and he was very receptive to it. Um, I think at, at first, actually, I know he just wanted to hang out. Like he's like, Oh, that means you're going to live in Minnesota and like come home for family dinners and like be around. Like, yeah, I'm in. Cause the first four weeks he hated the workouts. Like he, he did not enjoy the process at all, but something clicked around like week five where he started seeing real visual progress. He started like, you know, you break through that initial plateau of really bad doms. He was less sore and uh, he ended up losing 30. I mean, he's still going, he went from two two thirty and change. He's 188 now. Like he has abs showing through. He has bicep vein. He's He's strong. He's like, he's killing it and he's doing it on his own now. So I did it I, for three months. I trained him in person and now I'm just doing his online programming and he's sticking to it and sending me like progress pictures and pictures of the scale. And like, just, he has momentum. He's doing all the right things. So for the last three months, I got him close to 200. He's taking it from like 203 down to 188 on his own and is continuing to kill it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Great testimonials. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. He did That's a lot. Of, yeah. He's like, like I want to be your best testimony. And <laughs> like I should get that picture on my site actually. It's crazy. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, no, that's that, that's amazing. Uh, you know, I suppose it's a great way of yourself on a personal level, just giving back as well as you said to your the people who raised you, your father. And no, that's great. Um, so I'm just conscious of the time here. I know you, you have to leave the call shortly. So uh, just briefly touch on something that you talk about about kind of. I, I define it as working in the business rather than working on the business, kind of focus on, I think the way you put it, focus on the grind rather than the, the hustle. Um, yeah. or you, you get kind of very, very dialed in onto the, like the grunt work and you don't do a lot, of, a lot of the other hustle work. So if you want to just briefly touch on that point. I don't know that I can, man, because I am, I am, that is me. I'm 99% <laughs> grind, 1% hustle. I yeah. do a, 
Ray Dalio is a, a hedge. We can go a few minutes past, by the way. Ray oh. Dalio is a, a hedge fund manager uh, for Bridgewater Capital. Um, like enormous. They might be the biggest, biggest hedge fund in the world. I think they're, um, yeah. He wrote an ebook called Principles, which is free. Like if you Google Ray Dalio ebook, it'll be the first result. And he talks about having there being two U's. There's um, like the U that's overseeing what's going on. And then if you want, you can slide U2 into, a, into an execution role, right? So like, for example, here's me thinking about like, here's my personal relationships. Here's uh, like women. Here's my business. And when I'm thinking about my business, one role in business is customer service, right? I, right now, I put you too in customer service because I'm like the guy they're executing. Whereas if I was better at um, managing and like delegating and outsourcing, I would have someone else in that role. And I would have, does that make sense? Oh, completely. Yeah. I suppose that's, that's another thing about yourself is you wouldn't be kind of your, your traditional fitness entrepreneur. Um, like you wouldn't, I I know like what the, the kind of big viral thing now is like the 10,000, 20,000 calorie challenge. Like this, like a typical, like YouTube fitness kind of people do. And, uh, they kind of like that, that's what, that's what they do. They kind of, I just lost my train. Sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Um, about what we're talking oh, no, about. You're, you're, um, I just, on of, um, like grinding versus in the business versus outside of the business. I'm just bad at working on the business, meaning I'm so much uh, like I can grind program design. I can like make content. I can interact with clients. I can do all these things. I can reply to all my personal email, um, but like taking a step back and moving some pieces around and trying to make things operate more efficiently. I'm just not very good at that. And I'm not good at 10,000 calorie challenges. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember from watching your bulk. Yeah, I don't know if I'd fancy my chances against you. I know you're in a 10,000 or 15,000 one. I know, but uh, I suppose uh, where I'm interested to know if you have any vision of where you want to be, maybe in five, 10 years down the line, if it's still, obviously you said your passion is fitness, but uh is this the type of kind of stuff you want to be doing, like the, the continuing doing the programs for clients and working one-on-one with clients uh, far into the future? Have you thought that far ahead or is there any anywhere else, any other areas you'd like to explore? I have thought that far ahead. I'm not good at, at coming up with an answer to like what I want to be doing. I know I want to be helping people and I know I want to be making stuff. And right now stuff means videos and blog posts and like, social media content. Um, I don't know if that medium will change in five or 10 years, but putting out, call it content, but like making art basically where my interests, my skills, and like having some impact on other humans where that all overlaps, that's what I want to be doing. Whether that means one-on-one coaching, whether that means in-person, whether that means meetups, group coaching, I don't know the exact way that'll take shape, but, um, at its core, like helping people with the stuff I'm good at is what I want to be doing. And I don't see myself like, I, I really like fitness and I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere. Yeah. Oh no, that's, it's great. I suppose. Yeah. It's hard to even, well, when I know when you're self-employed, it's hard to even look maybe a day or a week in, in advance to know what you're doing next week. So let alone five or 10 years. So I know it is a, it is a tough question. A lot can happen in the space of a few months even. So, um, I suppose uh, we'll move on to a few quick fire questions now, just 
a few, a few questions I've prepared here that I like to ask guests. So, a lot. The first question is: uh, What three people, alive or dead, would you love to have dinner with or Chipotle? Because you seem to love Chipotle. So, <laughs> I love Chipotle so much. That's a really good question. Is it, it is a uh, tough question. If you only have two, that's fine as well. Like, or... no, no, no. So, so one person. Um, I'm I'm very curious about. Uh, very recently, curious about family history and like just just how crazy it is how much lineage there is that you just have no idea about any of those people. So I would grab a random great, 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 whatever the number of greats grandpa in like the, maybe like the late 1700s or like mid 1800s um, as one of them. Um, I'm not going to include any living people just because, well, maybe I will. Let me continue to think about this. This is a hard rapid fire. It question. is very hard. Yeah, it's probably not very rapid. It's probably <laughs> yeah. no. That's all right. Um, uh, I'm gonna go fiction. I would have Albus Dumbledore. As oh, my... um, great answer. Like he's for sure getting like triple me plus guac. <laughs> and um, I would have my mom come too. She's read some Harry Potter, and I feel like it'd be a cool experience and just like good, good for the vibe. And I love her, so yeah, those are my three. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah, I don't, the first Albus Dumbledore I know that I've gotten. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next question, I suppose, what are one or two books that you'd often recommend people to read? They can be about anything, whether it's fitness, business, whatever. What would those books be? A couple of books. Yeah, I mean Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. I read Shoe Dog, which is a Phil Knight's story, the founder of Nike. Um, and, and yeah, it's just an unbelievable story. Uh, that's definitely on that list um, for this genre and like kind of not self-help, but in the like for people who find themselves wanting to work really hard and maybe they feel weird about wanting to work really hard. Yeah. Relentless by Tim Grover. Mm. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's personal trainer. Um, that's one I really enjoyed. Uh, the book that my dad gave me when I was quitting my job and like trying to figure out what I was doing is called um, Your Best Year Yet by Ginny Dietzler, which is like a, a it, it's like an, an active book, right? Like there's questions and you actually answer them in the book and it's pretty traditional self-helpy, but it's very, it gets you thinking about, um, all right, what are my values? Like, what do I care about in life and how do I make sure that those are getting implemented into my daily actions? And and that was that was big for me at that time, too. Oh, yeah, no, uh, I must read those other two. I've read Relentless and, yeah, no, I agree. It's one of those books you keep going. I keep going back to just, you know, it's one of those books you can pick up and read it, maybe a paragraph or two. You get a good kick, yeah. kick from it. Like, he's a really intense Tim Escrow. The, the audio book, too. Oh, I was, like, yeah. Does, does he yeah, read it himself, uh, Tim Escrow, he has a really intense voice, kind of. Does he? I I don't know if that's him or not. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's not. Must must check it out. And I, um, I've just got two more quick fire questions now for you. So, uh, what would be uh, two or three vital habits you'd say or habits you'd recommend people to implement into their daily lives? Like anything? Uh, yeah, anything, anything, literally. Okay, two or three. Yeah. Um, uh, eat vegetables every single day. 
You hear the micro hit? <laughs> it's you hear the micros, but I'm pushing it hard. Um, I would, what's another good habit? Um, I don't know if you're, you're a fan of meditation. I know if, you, if you've dabbled with us, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I just think that can take form in many different ways for many different people, but, but trying it is definitely something that, that makes sense. Um, I'm currently on like a little bit of a streak with meditating, but I go, I go hot and cold on that. Just staying up, up with it. Um, having any kind of practice, meditative practice, yoga practice, workout practice, uh, anything that you do consistently that leads to you feeling better. Um, and not like drugs, but you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like some, something physical that leads to feeling better. A physical practice I think is big, uh, micronutrients and, um, uh, I'm going to go cheesy. Tell someone you love them every day. Like whether it's reaching out to an old friend, someone you haven't talked to in a while, a sibling, a parent, a child, like, you know, at least one person every day. Oh, I think that, especially the last one, yeah, that's massive. That's something I kind of tend to do. I get wrapped up in kind of what I'm doing with business and everything and you kind of lose touch with a lot of people and like great people as well that you just for whatever reason so that's a great thing like every every day getting in touch with someone you haven't spoke to yeah. even if it's a quick message or a happy birthday or whatever helps helps you get out of your head too mm. I found. definitely yeah so just the last quick fire question here now is uh do you have any advice for your younger self how old yeah it's, <laughs> i should i should have prefaced that um, that's all right i'm 29 now I suppose uh, any advice for when you're uh, leaving leaving school? So what well, would be high school uh, in America? So when you're maybe eighteen or you're you're uh, just yeah. going into college and you kind of don't know what you want to do. Like I suppose you went in the county and it turns out you didn't didn't like it. So if there's any advice you give some of that age group, yeah, um, don't be scared. No one really cares what you're doing. Like you think they're judging you, you think they're paying attention to you, you think every decision matters, but no one really cares. And uh, and so at that age specifically, like that is a time where I listened to my gut, my intuition the least, and I paid the most attention to what's cool, what's in, what should I be doing, how should I be acting, versus what do I feel in my gut. And uh, so that, like just as aggressively as I I could. I would tell myself to discount other people's opinions at that age. Oh, that's, that's an unbelievable answer. Yeah. I suppose that's what, what has a lot of people back is including myself is just, yeah, just thinking all oh, perceptions of other people. So just do you yeah. at the end of the day. So, um, I know you're extremely busy, so I really appreciate you, you coming on. So do you have any parting advice for people listening? Just get it guys. Get it. It's, and have, have fun, do things that make you happy, um, be a good person, and uh, and it's the year of the micros. So <laughs> get those fruits and veggies in. All right, once again, I really appreciate it. Thanks very, very much for coming on, Mike. Um, where is the best people, where is the best place people can find more about you and uh, what you do? Yeah, I, I'm doing daily YouTubes right now. Um, you know, if you Google my name, you'll find the blog, which has more of the in-depth content, but I'm everywhere, Instagram, Twitter. All that good stuff. All right. So uh, thanks again, Mike, and uh, take care. All right. You too, man. Thanks.